brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hey, welcome everybody. All right, today we're talking about uh, codependency. Codependency is a disease. <laughs> it's truly a lot of people get caught up in codependency and avoid their own life. Uh, they call themselves givers. People, Lots of people say, I'm a giver. And that's a good sign, uh, an indication that somebody is likely has codependent tendencies or, or some people that they prop up in their life. And, you know, you got to look at what is codependency. It, it is a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It, it's an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It's also known as uh, relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, or abusive. And so, you know, basically this disorder was kind of brought up. It's not an official disorder uh, in the DSM-4, which is what psychologists use to diagnose people. But what it is, is it's, it's something that has been identified about 25 to 30 years ago as a result of years of studying uh, people's relationships and families of alcoholics. And so this codependent behavior is learned by watching and imitating other family members who display this type of behavior. You know, a dysfunctional family is one in which members suffer from fear, anger, pain, shame. It's either ignored or, or denied. And the underlying problems may include any of these following problems. An addiction by a family member to drugs, alcohol, relationships, work, food, sex, gambling. The existence of physical, emotional, or sexual abuse. The presence of a family member suffering from a chronic mental or or physical illness. You know, dysfunctional families do not acknowledge that these problems exist. They don't talk about them or they don't even confront them. And as a result, family members learn to repress emotions. And repress means to to push inside emotions and, and not acknowledge them and disregard their own needs. And they become basically survivors I mean, they develop behaviors that help them deny, ignore, avoid difficult emotions. They, at- they detach themselves from many situations that are emotionally overwhelming. They don't talk. They don't touch. They don't confront. They don't feel. They don't trust. The identity and emotional development of members of a dysfunctional family with codependence are often inhibited. That means they, they keep everything inside. And, and attention and energy focus on the family member who's ill or addicted. And the codependent person typically sacrifices their needs to take care of a person who is, in all likelihood, sick. And, and when codependents uh, place other people's health, welfare, safety before their own, they, they basically lose contact with their own needs their own desires, 
and their own sense of self. They, they, they lose themselves in this behavior. And this behavior is all over the world. It is huge. As a matter of fact, some cultures actually uh, train genders, children, uh, all kinds of different situations, basically train people to be codependent. And, they, and these people develop very low self-esteem. They look for anything outside of themselves to make themselves feel better. They find it hard to be themselves. As a matter of fact, they don't even know who they really are. Uh, some try to feel better, though, through alcohol, drugs, nicotine, and they often become addicted. Uh, others may develop, you know, compulsive behaviors like uh, workaholics, uh, gambling, indiscriminate sexual activity. You know, they have, the, the funny thing about codependence is they have really good intentions. They, they try to take care of a person who's experiencing difficulty, but the caretaking becomes compulsive and defeating. And so codependents often take on a martyr's role and become benefactors to an individual in need. You know, a, a wife may cover for her alcoholic husband. A mother may take, make excuses for their tr- child from school. A father may pull some strings to keep his child from suffering the consequences of delinquent behavior. You know, these are all just very mild examples of what codependents will do. Many times they'll go much farther than that. They'll do their child's homework. Uh, they will, uh, you know, basically uh, lie. They, they will do all, anything to support this ill person in their life. And, and the problem is that these repeated rescue attempts allow the needy individual to continue down this destructive course and become even more dependent on unhealthy caretaking of the benefactor. And so basically what they do, you know, the codependents are just as bad as the narcissists they support or the ill people or the habitual people that they support. And the, the, the people get worse that have these problems and the codependents get worse because they lose their lives. So when caretaking becomes compulsive, the codependent feels uh, choiceless and helpless in the relationship but is unable to break away from the cycle of the behavior that causes it because the person that they're supporting is so addicted and needy of the codependent. And so this is how they feel the human desire to be needed. They become codependent. They basically support an ill person, a person who's making bad choices, irresponsible choices in their life, and they're just sucking it up sucking up the energy of the codependent and the codependent is basically propping them up and it, it's a it's a it's a vicious uh, circle you know codependents view themselves as victims and they're attracted to that same weakness in love and and friendship uh, relationships uh, characteristics of these people here here's some very good examples of what you look for when you're looking at it. is this person codependent am I codependent they have an exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of other people. They have a tendency to confuse love and pity with the tendency to love people they can pity and rescue. They have a tendency to do more than their share all of the time. And they have a tendency to become hurt when people don't recognize their efforts. They have an unhealthy dependence on relationships. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid the feeling of abandonment. And abandonment is one of the key components of what causes a codependent to be codependent. 
they also have a sense of guilt when asserting themselves, a compelling need to control other people, the lack of trust in their self and in others, the fear of being abandoned or alone. They have difficulty identifying their own feelings. They have rigidity and difficulty adjusting to change. They have problems with intimacy and boundaries. They have chronic anger because they always feel like the victim. Uh, they, they have a lying problem. They're dishonest. Oftentimes, they have poor communications, and they have a lot of difficulty making decisions. And those are some very strong signs that someone's codependent. Do you have to have all of those symptoms? Absolutely not. It only takes one or two to encompass what a codependent truly is. So broadly speaking, you know, codependent relationships is dysfunctional uh, helping relationships. One person's help supports and enables another person's underachievement or irresponsibility or immaturity, their addiction, their procrastination, or poor mental or physical health, or all of the above. This, this uh, codependent helper does this by doing such things as rescuing uh, them from self-imposed uh, predicaments, um, bearing their negative consequences for them, accommodating their unhealthy and irresponsible behavior, and taking care of them such that they don't develop or exhibit consequence, uh, competencies normal for normal people at their age and ability. So basically, a codependent will delay developmentally the other person who they're propping up by taking responsibility for the things that that person could potentially take responsibility for. And, and they, uh, you know, they often, the intenseness in the experiences of other struggles and disasters and the helpers need to rescue, deepen that codependent person's emotional connection and the feelings of intimacy they have for the person that they're propping up. And it's almost a love-hate relationship because, once again, a codependent feels like a victim, but they're a victim of choice. They're not a victim. They actually choose to do this because they're avoiding themselves. They cannot form a loving relationship for themselves. And what is self-love? Self-love is learning how to say no to the things that hurt you. And so these folks, instead of making choices for themselves, are passionate about making choices for other people. So, you know, helpers prone to codependent relationships often find intimacy in relationships where their primary role is that of a rescuer, a supporter, a confidant. These people are often dependent on others' poor functioning to satisfy emotional needs, such as the need to feel needed, the need to keep others close due to fears of abandonment, feeling competent, and, and, and oftentimes they don't feel confident. The only time they feel competent is when they're helping someone else. That's because they, they have horrible self-esteem. And you know, the deal is, if, if you look at somebody who is dating somebody way below them or is in a relationship with somebody that is extremely uh, uh, not matching them, that has a lot of problems, could never get a job, can't do a whole lot of things. You know, they may be attractive, but their brain doesn't function. And so, you know, a lot of these folks will pick partners that are far below them and prop that person up and basically sell their life out. And that's because they struggle with codependency. You know, in a codependent relationship, the other's dependence on the helper, the codependent person, is profound. You know, the other is bound to the helper because the helper's lengthy aid has impeded their, immature, their maturity, their life skills, their confidence, 
and it's also enabled their addictions, their uh, poor mental or physical health, and it makes them dependent on the helper's assistance. They're, they're poor functioning. And that's the person that the codependent is propping up, brings them uh, the needed love, care, and concern for their helper, and further reducing the motivation to change. And so they both basically uh, live in limbo. They, they do the same dance every day of their lives. And eventually it gets boring and sad and they take each other for granted. But uh, once again, they snap each other back into the roles that they are used to, which is the helper and the person who takes advantage of the helper. You know, due to their below average functioning, uh, these others may have few relationships as close as their relationship with the helper. That means the person that, that, that uh, the codependent is propping up usually doesn't have a whole lot of relationships. Or if they do, their relationship's in a box, meaning I go to the movies with this person, I'll go have a drink with this person, I'll do certain activities with somebody, but it's, it's not an uh, encompassed relationship, like a holistic relationship. And there is a, uh, this high degree of mutual unhealthy dependence on the part of both the helper and the other that makes the relationship codependent. And so it's, there's a strong uh, resistance to change. And while it's true that some dysfunctional helping relationships are indeed codependent, it's also true that codependence may arise from some of your personality traits. So be cautious in your adoption of uh, the codependence moniker, you know, uh, or at least don't wave it around like a flag of fate. I'm codependent and I can't help myself because that's just what I do. Well, you can help yourself because it is a choice that you are making and you are not stuck in your childhood. You are an adult and you can make adult choices to change your life. And that means to say no to the things that hurt you and help someone who is developmentally behind in some area or addicted to alcohol, drugs, whatever that person is that you're trying to save, the only way you're going to save them is hold them accountable for their problems, just like all of us have to do in our life. And and keep in mind that, you know, dysfunctional helping is very complex. It's motivated by a variety of factors and shouldn't be reduced to simple notions of, of, of codependence. Now, Also, there is codependency in in children. Since codependents have a desire to control people, including significant others, colleagues, even children, it really has a detrimental effect on healthy child development. As you can imagine, if you're propping up a child and basically doing all the work that they need to do to make decisions as an adult and take control of their life, what's going to happen is that child is going to stay in the period of life, maturity-wise, where they cannot function as an adult. They can't grow. They, they, they stall developmentally. So, so, you know, we have to look at it. Once again, what is codependency? It is a learned behavior that can be passed from one generation to another. It's relationship addiction. And it, it is an emotional and behavioral state that affects a person's ability to sustain a healthy meaningful, fulfilling relationship. Codependent relationships are emotionally destructive, and yes, they are abusive. So, you know, the question is, is codependence among children more prevalent now than it was a few generations ago? And while statistics on codependency in children are lacking, experts agree that it's becoming an increasingly more 
prevalent problem than in the years past. Historically, there was an expectation that children become more autonomous at a much younger age. But I can tell you now that the average 18-year-old from maybe 20 to 25 years ago is now a 32-year-old maturity-wise. So 32, 32 is the new 18. Isn't that sad? But that is statistically what's going on in our culture. That's why we have so many kids living with their parents. They never grab their life, and that is often because the parents prop them up and continue to prop them up until the child finally gets sick of it and decides to get a life. And, and so, you know, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of factors that go on because of codependency. And, and many people are angry because their children stay at home. But the bottom line is these kids stay at home often because mom or mom and dad or dad prop them up. All right, we're going to take a break here in a minute. Then we're going to come back to codependency and children. We're going to discuss the factors and uh, what makes the codependent. I'm going to repeat some things because it's so important to understand it. So uh, we're going to come back. Uh, after we take a break. Thanks for listening. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about codependency, especially uh, I'm focusing right now on codependency in children because it really, uh, these parents that do everything for their children uh, basically stall their development and, and 
really inhibit their ability to grow and to grab onto adulthood, to have goals, to be motivated, uh, to do the things that, they, that a normal adult would be expected to do. They have a lot of trouble getting there. And this costs thousands and thousands of dollars for these uh, parents who delay their child's childhood on into their early 20s to late 20s and even their 30s and some people even beyond that. You know, um, anxiety. Anxiety is uh, related to both codependence uh, and anxiety itself. I mean, a lot of problems of childhood anxiety has to do with them having to make choices for themselves, take responsibility for themselves, and be a part of change. Things that they're not, uh, they don't have all the information and they, they join something or do something where there's uh, a lot of newness involved. So kids oftentimes, because if they have overprotective parents, are very inhibited as far as being able to make decisions in their life. And it causes enormous uh, anxiety. And, and anxiety disorders are the most prevalent mental health disorder facing kids today. Uh, it's almost 13% of the child population, uh, and child meaning people under 18, and that's very high. You know, codependency contributes to both separation anxiety and social anxiety because it's about making choices for yourself, taking responsibility for your life, owning your life. So many people don't do that, and people that become codependents choose never to join their own life. They join someone else's life who is crippled in some way, emotionally, addictive-wise, or whatever, and they basically spend their whole life propping someone else up and never, ever start to make choices for themselves. And when they do, they feel overwhelmed and they feel like they don't deserve it. You know, children develop their sense of identity. They identify their values and they, and they learn how to communicate express their needs or feelings based on parental interaction. Parents play a large role in shaping who and what their child becomes in life. In today's world, it's easy to become so busy with the everyday routines that true family time falls to the wayside. And children need a lot of time and devotion. They need parental guidance to help them develop into strong, secure people. Therefore, it's essential the parents spend good quality time encouraging their kids to explore life, to believe in who they are, and the most importantly, to feel loved, accepted, secure. Often, codependent children lack a positive parent-child relationship. They lack confidence to succeed, and many don't feel accepted. In order to counteract codependency, it's important to know the common warning signs. And, and by the way, you know, if we look at kids' lives, a lot of kids are stationary. They can live with their iPads. They can live with their 500 channels on cable. And basically, they, they live through their TV shows or they live through their games or through their iPads. But they don't learn how to interact. Well, people start to make better choices on their life when they are not stuck in front of a television, an iPad, or a video game. They have to interact with other people and be forced basically under the conditions of a relationship to make choices for themselves. So, you know, here's some warning signs, once again, of child codependency and codependency altogether. Low self-esteem, need to be in control, excessive need. And by the way, 
when you're on an iPad, when you're uh, in charge of a television uh, turning channels, when, when you're on a computer, uh, when you're in a video game, you're in control. And that's what kids love. They love power. And so if you're going to allow them to be in an environment that, that they can completely control, they really don't have to make any hard choices and they don't develop very well. So they have an excessive need to please other people. They have anxiety and stress, extreme worry, not feeling good enough, not assertive in their communication. They blame themselves for other people's problems. They lack trust. They have uh, fear of being alone, intimacy problems, difficulties making decisions, chronic anger, chronic irritability. That is what is seen in codependent people, but most of all codependent children. And, and uh, you know, it's a learned behavior. And they learn it and they carry it on into adulthood and they never make decisions for themselves. There's other uh, common themes that foster codependency. Uh, general rules set up within families may cause uh, codependency. Don't talk about your problems or how you feel. That's one. Uh, feelings should not be expressed. Be strong and suck up your problems. Work hard. Be good. Seek perfection. Well, we're not perfect people. We're not designed to be perfect. You know, strive to meet unrealistic expectations. Do as I say, not as I do. Many families have one or more of these unspoken rules or expectations, but these rules lead to low self-esteem, poor coping skills, poor problem-solving skills, and very unhealthy relationships, and a lack of boundaries, which is what the codependents don't have. They don't have the ability to choose to become an individual. You know, what, what do we do to recommend uh, these parents to prevent codependency among children? Well, establish a trusting relationship. Maintain healthy boundaries. Set reasonable rules. Set realistic expectations where kids have choices and options. Encourage your kid to openly express their thoughts and feelings. No matter what it is, no matter how absurd it sounds to you, Listen, let them vent, let them hear themselves. That is how they learn. You know, encourage a kid to openly express their thoughts and feelings. Provide a, a very nurturing and supportive environment for that. You know, allow your kid to explore and be independent and make mistakes because they can learn from mistakes. We all do. That's what failure is. It's an opportunity to learn. So to build self-esteem by encouraging your child to try new things and, and persevere uh, difficult things. You know, hard, anything hard in life, anything hard makes life easier because it teaches a lesson. And so it's really important to teach a child to endure and to suffer and to try and to complete because that effort basically gives them the ability to build self-esteem and understand that life can be hard and you have to overcome hard and you learn from hard and hard makes life easier. So most importantly, build them up with words. Don't tear them down. Many people are impatient with their kids and they're very critical of their children. They're just critical in general. They're unhappy with themselves and they reflect that on their kids and they press them and they criticize them. Kids don't respond well to criticism. That tears them down. Give them positives. I didn't like that you did this, but I love that you did this. If you're going to give a negative, give a positive. And it's better to give a positive first. As a matter of fact, there's a technique. It's called the sandwiching technique. Sandwiching technique is very simple. Give a positive, 
Give a criticism and then give another positive. I recommend you do that for any kid that you're trying to correct. So, you know, what, what, what are some signs of a codependent person? You know, a, a lot of time, codependency looks like uh, intense love, uh, but needing another person often stems from fear, not love. You, you hear some very common themes that can identify a codependent. You can't live without the other person. I know this is supposed to be romantic, but it's not. It's attachment, which is different from connection. It's not sexy. It's not fulfilling. Recognizing your wholeness and um, completeness so that you can truly enjoy another person in your life by choice rather than by necessity is what love is about, that you look forward to being together. You know, that is important. That is love, that, that it's a choice. But codependency is necessity, and that is not good. And that these codependent people don't understand the difference between love and necessity. They only feel loved if they're, ne- if they're a necessity to the other person. The other person must behave in a certain way. This is another factor. In order for you to feel loved or for you to love them, the other person must be who we need them to be. And this is basically conditional love, which doesn't allow the other person to be who they really are. In other words, your happiness is dependent on them being how you want them to be. And that means you prop them up in their disability, alcoholism, drugs, addiction, abuse, whatever it is, you actually prop that up so you can continue being the codependent person you are. Also, codependents blame others for how they feel. You know, they're actually uh, responsible for how they feel, but it's, it's not someone else's responsibility. But however, codependents make themselves happy by blaming other people. And uh, they're always pointing things everywhere else. And that is a very strong sign of a codependent person, someone that cannot take uh, responsibility. And they play the caregiver. And that's something we've covered quite extensively. But caregiver is what they're all about. You know, they, they have a healthy, uh, uh, instead of a healthy relationship between adults, um, basically they have a parent-child relationship with somebody who is never making decisions in their life or making lots of bad choices. And also, codependents love to control outcomes and situations. They love to make choices for the disabled person, the person who they're propping up. They love to make choices for them. And by doing that, basically what they do is control the environment. And that's one of the things that they get out of the relationship is the need to control, but it affects someone else rather than them. And and, uh, they also give from a place of lack. You know, they put themselves last and focus on the other person and uh, basically lose themselves. And this pattern comes from no self-love. And when we try, and when they try to give from an empty well, basically they they they're tired, they're out of gas, and they have anger and resentment that builds up because they've put themselves in this role of propping someone up, and that person is happily taking advantage of it. They also think their happiness is predicted uh, and predicated by the other person. And so they are always expecting compliments and thanks and all kinds of uh, uh, things from that person. If that person doesn't offer them gratitude, they get a resentment and a deep resentment of that person. But they continue to do what they do, which is to prop that person up. And, and they, these people that are codependent, they do not feel free. 
they, they uh, you know, love is freedom. Rules and constrictions are fear. They live a fear-based life because they themselves are too afraid to grab their life and start making choices for themselves. They have no faith in life. They have no faith in themselves. They don't believe that they can actually experience life and stand up for themselves. They feel like that's being self-centered, and it's not. It's not because you have to give to yourself before you can give to others. You know, just think about it. If, if, if someone's going to become a medical doctor, for instance, that person has to sacrifice. They have to make a lot, spend a lot of time in very uh, self, what other people would consider self-absorbed behavior, meaning they've got to study, they've got to commit, they've got to do internships, they've got to do all kinds of stuff. But that time is spent so they can have the knowledge to give other people. And so the bottom line is they have to give to themselves before they can give to other people. And so, you know, they're also, these codependents are waiting to be saved. And this sets them up for uh, issues where they have sexual intimacy issues, where they basically cling on to other people, have affairs. They do all kinds of stuff to fulfill their needs because of their perpetual victim themes. And they always feel like they have to be saved. So they're always looking for someone who gives them compliments because they never feel like anybody is grateful for them. And uh, they also think they need to get the love that they want. But they don't understand love. But they feel like they're never loved. And so it's, it's a huge contradiction. It's, now, let's look at some very simple factors of what builds a person into a uh, codependent person. Well, the first thing, the first and foremost thing is the increase in tolerance. Uh, the, the excuses from the dependent person are increasingly accepted. The codependent individual experiences an increased loss of control over feelings, mood swings, acceptance of blame, responses to the addicted person. There's a decline in their self-worth because they continue to tolerate what is unhealthy. And so they build a wall of defenses designed to help the other person survive and basically sell themselves away. Also, what builds a codependent is denial. Uh, feeling the need to protect and cover up for behavior of a dependent person. So denial is something that this person uses as a coping skill, and they continue, not only do they, they increase their tolerance, they, increase, they become experts at denial, uh, basically looking at the positive of the person that's dependent on them rather than the negative, ignoring the problem, thinking things will get better when they're getting worse, and they contribute to the numbing process of their own personal feelings. Codependent individuals deny their lifestyles are affected by someone else stronghold. Uh, they even deny their own needs because of their concern for children or other people that may be affected by the situation that the dependent person isn't taking charge of their life. Also, another thing that contributes to a codependent, um, that builds a codependent, is compromise in their values. They give much time in caring for dependent people. They have a lack of self-worth worth that, that causes many problems. And they fall prey to an affair that is totally opposite of their values. Their excessive attention given to a spouse may cause uh, the children to be neglected or even abused and, and having been uh, raised in a situation that, uh, where they experienced codependency or learned how to be codependent. They throw their spiritual matters out the door. They throw their value systems out the door 
to continue this role of propping up a dependent person. And so these people are uh, uh, empty. And they're looking for someone to establish who they are externally. So that means they're very, very subjected to compliments. They love compliments. They, they grab onto them uh, very strongly because that compliment allows them to see themselves through someone else's eyes. And that's the only time they get a glimpse of who they are. Also, uh, another ingredient that builds a codependent is major life areas decline. And what I mean by that, as an addiction process affects the dependent's emotional, spiritual, physical well-being, it is also affecting the codependent. So the the co-addicted role, the person's emotions are affected by the strain on the relationship. The co-addicted person begins to doubt themselves and feel the pain over the the other person's uh, life-controlling problem. They neglect their responsibilities to other people, including their own children, because they keep propping this other unhealthy person up. And they may begin to feel that, that uh, even God does not love them or that they have disappointed God or their children. And they live in guilt and shame because they know they're making crappy choices. They also feel trapped in a victim role. And, and so they learn how to be a professional victim, meaning that their whole life is out of control because, once again, they won't grab their own life. They're a victim of some monster-dependent person who's basically sucking up all their energy, but they don't, they don't take responsibility for the fact that they are the one allowing it. And uh, so they never really escape. Uh, they have lots of plans uh, to escape. But every time they don't escape, they're propping up their role of codependence and they're securing the codependency in their life. They need to make a choice to escape and actually do it. Start and finish something. Start and finish something for themselves. And also, uh, they also struggle with addictions in other areas such as alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, all kinds of things that get sex, all kinds of things that distract them from their particular problems. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to focus more on this codependency and how to break it. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. We're talking about codependency. And, uh, you know, as children, you know, the codependents' needy parents uh, repeatedly give them the message that their, that their own wants and needs should be regarded as secondary to their caretaker. Um, and that means the parent. And uh, to the extent that these children neglect their needs and focus on their parents, they feel valued. And to the degree that they allow themselves to assert their own quiet, legitimate dependency needs, they were very, they're very subject to either indirect punishment, uh, guilt, shame, silent treatment, or direct, being verbally or physically attacked. In so many words, they were told that they were selfish and should feel guilty about thinking of only themselves. And so it should be noted that in such families as at least one of the parents was probably in the development of a codependent, an addict, arrested in their development, meaning that they were delayed in their development, uh, childish. They, they, they sought to uh, compensate for their earlier deprivation through a substitute like a, a dependency on their child. And they defined the child's role in terms of serving them not the reverse. And so uh, most codependents learned as children to be good enough to be accepted by their parents. They had to deny or repress many of their thoughts, feelings, impulses. And so this is what creates this codependency. And in attempting to secure their tenuous uh, parental bond, they were required to forget what they really liked, wanted, needed, what they were all about. And so not only is it expected that once grown up and endeavoring to live a life of their own, they'd be saddened with deep internalized uh, program regularly reminding them to be accepted by others that they had to make their own needs. And that means that they basically have to meet other people's needs before they meet their own. And uh, many of these end up propping up their parents all the way through their life, sacrificing their families, their choices, their individuality just to prop up their parents because their whole life was designed to support their parents rather than their parents to raise them and develop them into adults. You know, the, the codependent's self-esteem depends on validation from other people, and they have a very fragile sense of self-worth and well-being that is extremely vulnerable, making them highly sensitive and, and very reactive to other people. Their, their ability to assert their needs in a relationship is is highly constrained and if they do assert them they're likely to feel guilt afterwards and so they have a, a sense of responsibility that centers more on other people's feelings needs wants desires rather than their own and consequently others attitudes actions and reactions typically govern what they do and so their basic ability to set boundaries with other people and possibly others requests and demand on them is very restricted uh, and they enjoy, well, they don't necessarily enjoy because they get the victim theme from it, but they, they, they design a life where they're being used 
rather than existing and making choices. Their behavior is very much dictated by an underlying fear of being alone and being abandoned, spurned, or rejected. And their feelings, and that's oftentimes because these parents basically put themselves before their children and make their children serve their needs, make the children feel guilty for having their own feelings and their own selfish desires. Um, Their personal values are second-guessed, they're sacrificed, ignored when they confront uh, another person's. And uh, to protect a relationship, they're actually ready to forfeit their own integrity. And, and that is what's so sad about this codependency, and that's why I'm bringing this forward. You know, uh, the, the word codependence was originally employed as synonymous with an enabler. As broadly defined, and, you know, enablers assisted addicts in their compulsive dependency by taking responsibility, making excuses, minimizing, denying the many repercussions of their behavior. Typically, their problems centered on excessive drinking uh, back then uh, where Alcoholics Anonymous came in. You know, codependents inadvertently promote what's detrimental to healthy, the well-being of other people. So how do we treat it? You know, how do you treat this thing? Because codependency is usually rooted in a person's childhood, treatment involves exploration into early childhood issues and their relationship to current destructive behavior patterns. So treatment includes education, experiential groups, and individual group therapy through which codependents rediscover themselves, identify self-defeating behavior, and they also begin to learn how to own their own lives. You know, treatment also focuses on helping people uh, get in touch with their feelings and that they buried during childhood and reconstructing family dynamics. The goal is to allow them to experience the full range of feelings, again, that they are fully entitled to as human beings on this planet. So, when codependence hits home, the first step in changing unhealthy behavior is to understand it. And it's important, and that's why I've spent so much of this, uh, this show to basically outline what codependents are and what they do. You have to understand it. And it's important for family members to understand it also, to educate themselves about the course and the cycle and the, the addiction and how it extends into their relationships. You know, uh, mental health and, and uh, can't do it alone. It's got to be helped by the family and it's also got to be helped by the dependent changing their role. And if not changing their role, uh, basically stepping away and allowing other people to help them so that a codependency a codependent person can grab onto their life you know a lot of change and growth is necessary for a codependent and their family any caretaking behavior that allows or enables abuse to continue in the family needs to be recognized and it needs to be stopped the codependent must identify and embrace their own feelings and know when enough is enough i i i cannot do what I've always done. I'm running out of gas. I need help. I need other people to help and I need the person that I'm enabling to start taking more responsibility for themselves. So this may include saying no. No. No is a very simple word. Very simple word. A lot of people make it very emotional and very complicated. This is how you say no. No. And someone says, but, but, but. You say no means no. You don't have to use a lot of tone when you say a no. You simply just stay no. You know, people listen to tone when they hear a no. If you don't give tone, it's not looked at as conflict. It's looked at as a boundary. 
And so when you say no, say it calmly, say it firmly. Don't say it with a lot of conviction or emotion. Just say no, no. And then they go, but, 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 no. You know, as children, we learn to negotiate a no based on how hard it is for an adult to say no. If the no, if the no is like no or no, 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 or no, I've told you a million times no, that means there's a yes because it is so hard for that parent to say no. And so children naturally learn to negotiate a no based on how hard it is for a parent to say it. So in, in life, don't make a no hard. Make it simple. No. No means no. Okay, you know, through a series of, of therapies, a person suffering from codependency is made to realize that they are undervalued, that they're important, and they can do better in life, and that they are souls living a human life, meaning that their life has meaning. That means they are here for a reason, and their purpose can't be taken away by supporting someone else. They need to get on with their own life. They have things that they have to do in their life and they have to entitle themselves to be able to do that. So, you know, acceptance of codependency has to be the preventing the step here. And that means they have to be willing to take care of themselves, to self-care for themselves. You know, through support groups, they can get outside into the problem, meaning that other people recognize the problem of codependency and they say, hey, you know, I do this too. And so by uh, group therapy for codependent people is very helpful because they're so used to getting uh, information from outside themselves because they don't, they don't believe they have an opinion. They don't believe they're valuable. And so basically what happens is uh, in a group situation, they actually, it's, it's actually uh, helpful because they're used to getting information from the outside in, but this time they're getting healthy information from people that have the same problems that they do. So, you know, group is a very good activity for people that are codependent. Also, codependent treatment strategies are often uh, tweaked uh, based on the case. You know, some people wish to end their codependency relationships and just find a new life, meaning they just break away and they get away and they, do, they just go elsewhere and they get away from all the people that suck them dry. Um, some wish to mend the relationship instead of ending it. Some people wish to find a life of their own while being in a codependent relationship. Uh, but without fixing the relationship, they, they can't remedy the codependency. So there's also recovery groups. You know, I talked about groups and, and there's, a, there's a CODA, a C-O-D-A. And that is a group that focuses on codependency. And they're a 12-step program. You know, there's, there's four different types of meetings. Each one serves a specific purpose. And, uh, and so there's like speaker meetings, there's open share meetings, there are topic share meetings, and there's study meetings. And, you know, it's, it's quite common for all meetings to end with at least one group member sharing their problems, sharing their stories. And usually this will be someone who has made great strides towards the next step and has had serious problems since the last meeting. So that means they're sharing all of the problems and on all of the issues that these same other codependent people have shared. And, you know, you can contact CODA. There's an 800 number. It's 888-547-3821. That's 888 888- Five four seven three eight two one. That is the CODA uh, group, and you can actually find these groups in your own community. So, you know, a codependent family member, please, 
if you're living with a codependent family member, understand why you can't cure that family member. They have to do it for themselves. There's many factors involved in, in having a family member that is codependent. You know, you could bring up the topic to them a thousand times, but they're so into the role, they have a hard time getting outside of it. And so what, you know, what you want to do is, is your family member is probably not going to seek a cure until they too feel that there are no other options. And so you kind of have to let them fail until they get sick of it, until they decide to grab on their life, until they've had enough. And they decide that they need something. They need a new way of coping, a new way of living. And, and just constantly reminding them is what a family member can do. And, and you also, as a family member with a codependent, recognize that just being your unmovable, unshake, unshakable, and manipulative self will have an impact on your family. While you may never change a, a family member's codependency, your choice to get comfortable with that fact will bring about the greatest shift. Mentioning or preaching codependency is not going to help you demonstrate a life without codependency. Make your life not be about that. Make it be a life so that they have a role model to follow and help them understand that their life is much more than just propping up another unhealthy person. You also, if you're living with a family member that is codependent, you want to develop less emotionally charged ways of saying no so that a codependent person learns how to say no in their life. If there's a lot of conflict in a family, if saying no is hard for everyone in the family, all it does is propagate more codependency. So conflict needs to be welcome, but conflict needs to be done in a very assertive way rather than an aggressive way. So conflict is, if you're wanting to help a family member that is codependent, learn how to do conflict calmly, without tone, without a lot of verbosity, without a lot of uh, theatrics. Just simply develop very calm boundaries. And by doing this and by even being even killed in your delivery, you're going to help a family member who is codependent not be that. You also uh, expect change slowly. People that are codependents, they started it back in childhood. They have little faith in life. They have little faith in their own individuality. And you have to realize that it's going to be a slow way back and that they have to take responsibility for their own codependent behaviors. So that's about as far as we can go uh, with codependency. I hope this helps all, everybody. That's our show. Our, our next show is about using philosophy to make your life better. And many people don't realize this, but a lot of psychology is based off of philosophy. And so they, they both are very different in many ways, but they also help each other. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, date someone who makes you feel like when you see your food coming at a restaurant. Also, when a man goes on a date, he's wondering the whole time if he's going to get lucky. And the woman is often wondering how to break the bad news to him and not pick up the check. All right, that's our show. I hope you'll tune in to uh, Using Philosophy in Our Life. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 